0: Welcome to Inspired, a new six-part radio documentary series from Seeds of Peace. I'm one of your hosts, Bilal Qureshi.
1: And I'm Marissa Mazria-Katz. I'm a journalist working in New York City.
0: And I'm a radio reporter and producer based in Washington, D.C. This series is inspired by Seeds of Peace. For more than 25 years, the organization has been bringing young people together from across lines of conflict
1: and cultivating new generations of global leaders.
0: We are
2: here, we are part of this America whose identity, I believe, is almost always changing.
1: The political situation in Israel is the driving force behind all of
0: my social work. For these audio documentaries, we've been traveling and meeting some of those people from the schools of Lahore, Pakistan. These are the young people who are going to change the educational landscape of Pakistan and change it for the better. The music studios of Jaffa, Israel. Art
3: and music can serve a safe space for communication that's beyond Jewish
1: or Arab, beyond whatever wall there is to be put. From the refugee camps in Palestine... There's a kind of little light in such big darkness. ...to the south side of Chicago.
3: It was more about wanting to show other people that they're
0: capable of being better, doing better, and seeing better. We'll hear about their inspirational journeys and the ways they've inspired others.
1: And our journey starts now.
0: Marissa, we begin our series here in the U.S., in the beautiful state of Maine. Imagine July, it's the height of the American summer, that wondrous time of year when vacationers descend on this beautiful coastal state on the northern borders of the American Atlantic. In the state's biggest city of Portland, summers mean lighthouses, seagulls, and lobster shacks. Parks filled with drum circles and children playing in fountains. But last summer in Portland, you would have also heard the sound of discontent and political anger. What
2: are we going to do to change the situation? What are you going to do? The people united will never be divided.
3: The people united will never be divided.
0: Marissa, as you know, since the election of President Donald Trump in 2016, there has been a fierce debate happening about what it means to be American. Who belongs and who doesn't? The questions of race, identity, and borders are front and center in our national conversation.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, I would say that the summer of 2018 was best described as the summer of discontent across the United States. we We say no! We say no, to the no to xenophobia. No to, xenophobia. No, to racism and white no to racism and white nationalism.
0: And Marissa, what you're talking about kind of broke as a story just as I arrived in Maine. The story of migrant children from Central America who had been held at the border, separated from their parents. As you remember, this became this huge rallying moment around the country and it, and it sparked the outrage against the Trump administration's zero-tolerance policy at the border. Um, and then those tensions boiled over into protests in cities like Portland, Maine.
3: No
2: justice, no peace, no deportation police. No justice, no peace, no deportation police. We are in a time That we as a people need to stand up and do whatever it will take to move that man out of that office.
0: That's the voice of Pius. He was the rally's main speaker. He's a rising political star here and a devoted community organizer. He made history when he was elected to Portland City Council in 2016. An African-born Muslim immigrant with no political pedigree and a foreign accent that you hear... Elected to office in the same month that brought President Trump and Trumpism as an ideology into office, you know, Pius's election because of his background made national headlines.
1: I mean, I can see why this was a story because it's essentially it's a clash between two very different interpretations of what it means to be a politician in this country.
0: Portland, Maine is a progressive mostly democratic city. And naturally, it was home to one of the biggest rallies against President Trump's immigration policies.
2: It's a collection of people who believe in hope and who who believe that America can do better.
0: I think well, I know he gives me hope and he gives other people hope in this state because he's hopeful. That's Portland-based writer Carrie Wagner-Peck. She tells me Pius is one of the most important and inspiring faces in Maine today.
1: I think a lot of us are wondering what's going to happen in this country based on what's been happening, you know, since the election. He's still out there every day doing something, and so that's where I think the hope comes from.
0: And how Pius became so hopeful about the future of his city and of America more broadly you know, is the story I want to share with you today.
1: Bilal, Maine is not considered one of the epicenters of immigrant America. I mean, it's not really historically a multicultural Mecca.
0: Marissa, that's exactly right. And I think that's one of the things that really struck me when I arrived here. Um, You know, even Maine, one of the whitest and most homogenous states in the U.S., has been changing like so much of the country in this huge demographic shift that's happening in the United States. Many African immigrants actually have been resettled in Maine in recent years because the state has fairly progressive politics in terms of asylum seekers and adaptation programs. This is what reporter Randy Billing told me. He writes for the Portland Press-Herald, and he says the fact that Mainers are generally welcome people also helps.
3: Here we are, Maine. We're one of the whitest states in the nation, but Portland has really been one of those places that has always put pushback against that. I think it's a quality of life thing, too. I mean, you know, the... Immigrants that I've had a chance to interview, you know, they, even though it, like, snows here in the winter and it's, you know, even in the summer, you know, they can get cold. You know, one thing they always say is just, like, the people here. It's a very safe place to live compared to other U.S. cities. You know, it's small enough. People on the street, they, they smile, they wave. There was one gentleman who was just, he was shocked that he tried to cross the street and a car actually stopped for him
1: <laughs> and waved him on. It's little things like that. Bilal where exactly is Pius is from...
0: So Pius is an immigrant to Portland from Ghana. He came to the United States to visit a friend. Then he fell in love with someone from Maine, and he got married here. And slowly life changed, and he found himself a new Mainer. And as I quickly learned in my first few days in Maine with him, his schedule is insane. That's the only word I could use for it. He whirls across town from one community event to another— always smiling and embracing this incredible opportunity to be a city council member here.
2: I learned so much. I I struggle with my own um, identity of being in this country, one, as a black man, two, as an immigrant, and also as a Muslim.
3: I love Pius because he's a bridge builder and, and really active. He really, he gets out there. He doesn't just talk about it. He jumps after it.
0: This is Rabbi Carolyn Braun at Temple Bethel in Portland, Maine. She had invited Pius to address her congregation at Shabbat dinner the week that I was there.
3: I just...
1: Love the idea of being at a Shabbat dinner where someone like Pius is speaking to us.
0: I mean, the service was beautiful. Um, Pius and I both were obviously not members of the congregation, and we sat through these beautiful prayers and the people who spoke. And then Pius took, you know, to the podium to, to, to address this as the main chief guest of the evening. He was wearing his traditional Ghanaian sort of round cap, and he had a beautiful silk scarf kind of tied under his um, Oxford. And as the dinner began, he walked up to talk about how he came to America and how he became a member of the city council. And then he began taking questions like Constituent's Corner from the people who were there.
2: So we may have to find the right balance between who the mayor is and who the city manager is and find a way that the two of them can work together. Well, thank you.
0: Marissa, Rabbi Braun told me after Pius' speech that his story really echoed with her. And it, for her, it really echoes with the Jewish story.
3: Our foundational story about being slaves in Egypt and leaving Egypt. And I mean, it's all about welcoming the stranger. It's all about um, open dialogue. So every time we can talk about these
1: things and, and um, create bridges, we're, we're helping to repair the world. Well, Bilal, what, what we're talking about here is actually repairing the world and in, in, in the Jewish tradition is, is tikkun olam.
0: The idea of repairing the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting to see Pia sort of really, I think, take his place and seem so comfortable here. Um, and, you know, he speaks about this term community in almost every other sentence, referring to what he knows is one of his really, uh, you know, most important constituencies, people like this, people who are very progressive, very welcoming, and very much pro-immigration.
1: So... The kind of people he's working on behalf of, what do you what do you think they need?
0: Well, you know, Marissa, given the extent of the challenges facing new arrivals in any city really, in any country too. I mean, it's clear that what many of them really need is an advocate. You know, someone who is a translator who can help them navigate basic bureaucratic challenges in a new in a new environment, how the school system works, what's going on with their kids in the neighborhood, what facilities are available to them from City Hall. You know, the sense that someone sees them in office, someone who who looks like them and who sees them. And tonight, the Congolese
2: community is celebrating uh, the Independence Day of uh, Congolese. Congo.
0: So, the night after Shabbat dinner, I joined Pius for a party. Um, it was the Congolese Independence Day celebration in Portland's Elks Club. You know, the crowd was dressed in technicolor ensembles that made me seriously consider my lack of style. But I really can't understate what a transition it is for Pius to be one of the leaders here, to be one of the sort of esteemed guests at events like this Congolese celebration. When you actually think about where he began his life in Portland as a dishwasher working the overnight shift in a Portland restaurant.
1: I'm listening to this and I cannot believe the trajectory of his life just in the few short years since he's, he's arrived.
0: I mean, the thing is, it, what happened is that in addition to his work and the restaurant kind of menial jobs, which I think in some ways is so relatable to many immigrant stories, um, Pius began volunteering. He began working in his community in those early years as well, focusing on at-risk youth and homeless children in some of Portland's poorest neighborhoods. Learn so much from the
2: young people that I work with, from homeless, from kids who are incarcerated. In the uh, looking at social issues, looking at uh, things that uh, are, are called social justice, racial justice, economic justice. I have seen poverty like I've never thought that it will
0: happen in a country like America. One of his oldest friends in the city is Deb Bignell. Um, they met working and volunteering with at-risk young people here.
3: I think both Pius and I connected on seeing possibility in young people rather than difficulty. You know, Portland has young people, especially young people, who are also navigating many cultures and trying to figure things out. You know, coming of age is hard enough, right? Growing up is hard enough. You know, I, I remember one young person actually saying to me, you know, Deb, she said, I feel like I don't, you know, I live sort of in a, in a cage. Like it's not... It, she wasn't living sort of in mixed communities. And so sometimes it was also... Working with young people who might have felt those restrictions and trying to say there's more to life and there's more to you than this moment.
0: So based on the kind of work that Bignell is describing that Pius was doing at the time, he was recommended for a co-facilitator position at the nearby summer camp for the organization Seeds of Peace. Initially, when I
2: went there, I was supposed to be a co-facilitator and I realized that I'm... Um even though I was
0: helping, but I was also learning. Marissa, this became the formative experience for him, to realize that he could aspire to and achieve even more than what he was already doing in his community. I drove behind Pius's car through beautiful Maine countryside, along lakes and forests, to attend the camp's opening ceremony. This is when all the campers gather around the gates for the flag-raising ceremony.
3: And to welcome you all to the flag raising ceremony that will officially kick off the 26th summer of Seeds of Peace.
0: For more than 25 years, Seeds of Peace has held its annual summer camp for young people from conflict zones around the world here in Maine. Uh, It's a setting as far removed from the tough realities that many of these young people are leaving behind for the summer. We're speaking about countries like Israel, Palestine, India, Pakistan, among others. The program's aim is to develop young leaders who will one day lead change in their own communities. Deb Levy is the communications director for Seeds of Peace. She tells me that this opening flag-raising ceremony, as national anthems are sung, is a key moment that captures the guiding philosophy of Seeds of Peace.
3: This is the ceremony that marks the fact that they're all coming in with their own national identities, and that's an important part of who they are. We honor those national identities. And then we go back into camp, and you'll notice the flags are outside of the gates of camp. And inside camp, you'll see they're all wearing the same shirts. We're really working to find what binds us, the shared humanity that we all have.
0: But Marissa, at the banks of the lake here, under the sounds of birds singing, swaying trees, there is definitely an undercurrent of tension. You know, Israelis, Palestinians, Pakistanis, Indians, among others, have come here to discuss questions of difference and conflict.
1: I'm really curious, you know, here you are, you're you're at this camp, what kind of conversations are happening here?
0: I mean, I overheard some very emotional um, debates happening between young people about politics, about their countries. It was just the first day, of course, the opening ceremony had just been held, but you could sense that this was going to be a difficult few days for some of them. Oh. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Deb Bicknell, Pius's colleague that you heard earlier from Portland, Maine, she's also an alumni of the program, and she talked to me about this.
3: When I spent that summer at Seeds, I mean, it, it's not a perfect place, and it's not it's not always easy, you know. Like talking across difference is beautiful, and it's messy. Coming to a camp in Maine, in some sort of protected sense, where you can encounter maybe your own. Inner walls and you can encounter other people and maybe just have a moment of conviction or a moment of courage where you have a difficult conversation. That's that's sort of the beauty in the simplicity.
0: Pius tells me Seeds of Peace is a model for how you can transcend difference. An example of harmony at a time when his own world, American politics especially, is anything but I have seen what is possible.
2: I know that if it is difficult, it's not easy. The easiest one is when you talk to your next door neighbor who believes in the same thing as you and who have the same uh, values as you. The difficult one is when you take that step towards talking to the person
0: who don't agree with you. It's very difficult, but we need to do that. Pies tells me he tries to come every year to this flag-raising ceremony at Seeds of Peace. The campers, they're wearing these matching green t-shirts, and they emerge from their bunks to stand together, you know, breaking out into songs and chants by group.
2: What it does for me is uh, it rekindles my hope that
0: um, someday the world will get better. Leslie Lewin is the director of Seeds of Peace. She tells me it's alumni like Pius that are bringing these ideas into the real world.
3: Pius was a pretty extraordinary action-oriented person before Seeds of Peace, but to see him represent all of that and to fight against so much of what's wrong right now um, is an extraordinary example of, I think, the way in which we think change can be real and change can happen through the work of human beings that are, you know, sort of willing to engage and willing to fight for a different reality.
0: Tim Wilson is one of the founders and elders of Seeds of Peace. He's African-American, and he's lived in Maine for more than five decades. He has been a mentor to Pius, and he says he's proudly watched him evolve into a pillar of the Seeds of Peace family here in Maine.
2: He's become an integral part of the program because of, A, his personality, and B, the depth of his character. He gifted people, they gifted him. And for me... The, the, for, for Pius who knows how far Pius can go
0: back in Portland I went with Pius to city hall and we walked through the columns and hallowed hallways walking past historic portraits of former and current city councillors it, uh, almost all older yesterday. white men might I add I'm sure it's not a shocking question to ask that none of them look like you
2: no there is uh, I think there is one somewhere here uh,
0: Clifford Richardson, uh, 1979. I, I'm curious, what what made you think, I can do this? I can be in public office in a city where the vast majority of people don't look like me, where I also have an accent and I have an outside background. I mean, what, what made you feel, I can imagine myself there. I can see myself in this office. So, uh, in the first place, I think uh, my um, belief was that... Um,
2: I'm running for this. Uh, I still have another platform through what I do in the community, through my everyday job, my daytime job, as we call it, to push for the same change. So it was uh, a gamble that I took. Uh, But I believe in the work that I've done in this city and the way I've improved in people's lives. uh, That was what my belief was. And also it happened that uh, at that time, uh, Trump was a candidate. And his rhetoric actually energized me more and wanted me to do this, to show him that he's wrong, and the way he depicts Muslims, the way he depicts immigrants, irrespective of where they are coming from. Uh, That uh, we are here, we are part of this uh, thing called uh, America, whose identity, I believe, is almost always changing.
0: Pius's day job is on staff with a local NGO called Portland Empowered. Pius arranges a weekly meeting with immigrant parents to discuss challenges that their kids are facing in schools.
2: At 8:30 and actual stars at Mickey 9:00.
0: Bondo is originally from the Democratic Republic of Congo. She says having Pius on her side makes a huge difference.
2: We want to stand behind him because he's, he's the only one can really represent. Because when you look at on the council administration, you don't see people of color. Pius is the only one then we really see coming in the front of the line, talking about what's going on and just have a voice for the voiceless.
0: At a coffee shop in town, he runs into a young man from South Sudan. He's been studying at the community college nearby and trying to find a temporary job to help him as he tries to pay for his engineering degree. Pius immediately has an idea and suggests a way that he can help.
2: All right, send it to me and uh, um, I will share it with a few people in my network. And also, if something comes up, which field are you looking for the same thing, accounting and finance? Yeah, if I get a job, you know, in, in company, in finance or anything, or prontest in the hotel. Email it to me and I'll share that with him and then I will reach out to you. All right, Hi, man. man. Good to see you. Uh, the role of being an elected person is uh, to use your platform and uh, bring people who are in the margins of society into the fold. Let them believe and uh, accept the fact that they live here. They are part of this community. That is, uh, that is uh, uh, for me, that is satisfying.
1: Bilal, what does Pius do in his spare time? Because I, I do not imagine he has much of it.
0: You know, Marissa, he does make time, especially for his daughter, on the weekends. They have a routine of going for a long walk every Sunday through the old port of downtown Portland.
1: Oh, I know exactly where this is. This is really the postcard stretch of the city.
0: Yeah, we walk past cruise ships and brick stores filled with sort of seafront kitsch and candy, and of course more lobster rolls. And I've got lobster, uh, whoopie pies, and Tony's donuts.
2: That's Portland in the summer.
0: The city was preparing for its July 4th Independence Day celebrations, and Pius' daughter, who's a freshman in high school, definitely needs her gelato from the current IT destination for sea salt caramel. Gelato Ida.
1: Me and you go there so much that they know who we are, like when we walk in, usually.
2: No, we get that one, some of that, and then um, some blood orange, and a little bit of mango.
0: And as we walk, we came upon the most iconic statue in Portland. This is the Lobster Man statue. It's a fisherman in sort of overalls hauling in the great symbol and once great sort of economic lifeline of the state.
1: It's a man who is holding a lobster by its claws. You know, this is, it's so funny because this is exactly what I think of when I think of the city.
0: Yeah, and it doesn't get more sort of Maine than, than lobsters and sort of the city and, and the sort of summer. But Marissa Pius wanted me to actually see his favorite landmark in downtown Portland. And it's not the Lobster Man statue. It's tucked away on a quiet street in a residential part of the city, and it's called the Abyssinian Meeting House. This was a historic African-American church that served as a gathering place and a community center during the age of the Underground Railroad. This is when slaves were fleeing the American South for the free states in the North, including Maine.
1: The Abyssinian Meeting House, constructed in 1829, is a historic African-American church and meeting house which has been recognized for its role in the Underground Railroad.
0: And Pies, would you tell me why do you consider this a, is this a personally important place for you?
2: Well, I think uh, uh, being an African who is from the West Coast of Africa, and uh, understanding the role this play in the the narrative of uh, African-Americans or slaves in America and being someone who live in a city and being an elected or leader in the community, this could be a meeting point between me and uh, my African-American cousins.
1: Sounds to me like he's really connecting with the African-American story here.
0: Yes, I mean, Pius only became an American 10 years ago. And in fact, the first election that he voted in was for Barack Obama as president. And so he sees his own work as a continuation and connected to the struggle for civil rights in this country. It's been a long journey for um, Africans who were enslaved and brought to this country
2: from where they came from and irrespective of which part of Africa they are from. Uh, through here and the church or a meeting house is played uh, a very important role in that journey for them. And uh, um, I can relate to that.
1: It's interesting because Pius really reminds me that despite the discontent and the debates in America about who you know, belongs and who doesn't, there's a new generation of hyphenated Americans like Pius who are becoming leaders.
0: And yes, and while they're doing it, they're also actually putting their stories into practice. It's a very difficult time for people like Pius. I think it's a challenging time, but it's also such a hopeful time, and he's such a hopeful person. And it's that vision and that way of being inspired and translating that inspiration into action that will really stay with me when I think about my time with Pius.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a really beautiful story. Thanks so much for reporting, Bilal, on Pius.
0: Thank you, Marissa. You've been listening to episode one of Inspired, a six part radio documentary series brought to you by Seeds of Peace. I'm Bilal Qureshi.
1: And I'm Marissa Mazria Katz. And this is Inspired.